This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Zenny offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenny.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. Hello, everyone. It is once again the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt here, introducing yet another episode of Radio Techers. And on this special edition episode, uh, we actually are joined by our good friend Matt, uh, who is with us to discuss the transfer deadline day. It is Mags' favorite time of the year, and uh, here we discuss all 20 Premier League clubs' transfer activities throughout the entire window, as well as uh, on the deadline day. Uh, So, very riveting stuff on this extra-long episode of Radio Techers, Uh, but we ask that you uh, tune in and subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. Um, We also want to thank Matt for taking his time for joining us today here. Uh, Make sure to, um, also, if you're watching the video form, uh, go ahead and check that out and subscribe to Shooting the Sports-ish. It's a great place uh, to get all of your podcasting uh, for, for any kind of sport that you could possibly imagine. Uh, with that said, we thank you to whoever you are for uh, and wherever you are for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of Radio Tackers. I'm, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and here with me, uh, as always, my good friend and co-host, Mags. Mags, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. (laughs) Well, good, yes. I I see that you've got your Mags hat on. And we are not alone today. Uh, We are joined by our good friend, Matt. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, I'm pretty good, thank you, Tanner. Thank you. And you do, Mags. Thank you for having me on. Well, fantastic. We're happy to have you on, Matt. Uh, Absolutely. We've, we've got a lot to talk about here. Um, the The headline of the show here is Transfer Deadline Day Special. It's Mags' favorite time of the year. He's even said that he loves it more than Christmas. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, believe it or not, yes, uh, we're going to talk about all about transfer deadline stuff. Um, 
but because I'm a man who has to swallow his own medicine from time to time, I've allowed Mags to um, put me against the wall here and uh, talk to me and scorn me about Liverpool and how poor they were against Aston Villa. We talked about how historically bad Manchester United were against Spurs. Um, Mags, tell me about how historically bad Liverpool was against Aston Villa. Um, this, this was... This was a pants being pulled down and drab I mean. It was horrific. Um, <laughs> the the defence was absolutely terrible. The, there's only one player for me out of Liverpool who can, who can come away with any kind of uh, of respect, and that's Salah. The rest of the the, the squad just were, they were just abysmal, and they got absolutely uh put to the soul by 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 Villa. I mean we we've we've spoke really highly of Villa over the last few weeks with uh with the likes of McGinn uh but Grealish just dominated this game. He he was the the Allen of this game except he he scored a couple of goals as well which Allen just hasn't done yet. Uh, but yeah it was it was it was it was hard to watch knowing that I'm gonna have to talk to two Liverpool fans about it. <laughs> Uh, indeed, and you see Matt has already uh, brought on his Liverpool hat, thankfully. Uh, so, Matt, I'm not alone here in my um, in my feelings. Uh, Matt, uh, talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on the game as well. Um, right. <laughs> um, now, I've, I've done a, a football podcast in the past myself, and at no point have I ever talked about Liverpool defeat before. Uh, it's a feeling mm-hmm. which I'm not unused to. I've seen Liverpool lose games badly before. I have never in my entire life, mm-hmm. and I mean that, seen a Liverpool team capitulate the way they did on Monday night. Uh, Sunday night, I'm sorry. Um, to say it was the worst performance I have seen from Liverpool is accurate. Um it's also the worst performance I have seen from any Premier League champion ever in a game. And I seen Chelsea def- when they were de- when they were under Mourinho defending their championship. Um, and they had some pretty ropey games. Van Dyke went missing. Joe Gomez may as well have been playing at the stadium at the time. Um, Agon Arnold was exposed the whole time. At um, Adrian was. Well, Took four minutes to get past past him. Who and passed he, it? He gave he gave Greenwich the ball to Scott, to sell Watkins as well. In the six yard box, who passed <laughs> the ball to Jack Greenwich in the six yard box? Um, right. So aside from that, um, I was watching the game and got increasingly more depressed. And I don't mean like as a joke. I. I don't mean that a joke. I mean, yeah. literally, my depression from lockdown was starting to get triggered. Mm-hmm. It goes to stage where my other half, Chris, actually had to console me because I wasn't sure what I was actually experiencing. But I did remember saying to him at one point, um, you, sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say that our team was better. On the day, Villa absolutely were 100% better. Of course, four deflections and a goalkeeper who who's got blinkers on um, doesn't help. Um, but another day, Villa were a far better team, and we did not deserve. In fact, we were lucky to get we're lucky to have seven against us because they hit the bar at the end as well. 
Mm-hmm. So it should have been more than that, to be brutally honest. Some some of the some of the choices made were not the best by their strikers, and they still scored seven, which says it all, really. Um, one thing I I will say is I as that is the worst performance I've ever seen Liverpool play. Unlike Man United's performance hours before it, I believe Man United will have more games like that this season. I do not believe Liverpool will have another game like that this season. Mm. No mm. way. No way. I mean, not I, like I, that. I, get, I think United will will struggle, uh, but mm. I, I couldn't rule out this happening again to Liverpool just because of how how different this season feels. It just feels so, so unique as a season that I, I could easily see and someone else uh, absolutely tubbing Liverpool again. Uh, I, I still think They'll, they'll be there or thereabouts with the title, but yeah, it's just... I'm going to respectfully disagree with you, Mags. And the reason well, you that, would do, wouldn't you? But the reasons, the only reason I'm going to disagree with you is, is that Allison is going to be back at some point. Yeah. Okay. With the greatest respect, Solskjaer is not going to take the hair out of that goal. And they've got, and they've still got a very, very, very bad defense, which oh, we'll get I, to at some point. I, I do, I do believe that Man United will have some very, very poor results, but I'm just saying I don't think you can rule out Liverpool not having a, a, a result like this again because this this season is just unpredictable. Yes, I agree, but a freak result like that, no other team I can't see scoring seven passes. And no mag, I'm not going to have a bet they're going to be more than seven before you say it. Oh, the scenes. The scenes, if it was. It was was embarrassing to watch. But I'll tell you what, um, a lot of Liverpool fans have been quite humble about it. Not not saying like, like, look, it's actually been like sort of like, okay, we dust ourselves off, we go again, sort of thing. Because at the end of the day, if you keep shouting and screaming and pointing fingers and everything, that's what Klopp's thought. That's what Klopp's paid to do. Mm-hmm. On day of recording, it's five years to the day he took charge. And from where he was to where he is now, you know, he's you know He's in, he's improved the team all the way through. Without a doubt. But I also believe that without Allison in that in that goal, that defence doesn't feel as confident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can see that. Van Dyke can't do it all, as proven by the fact that Joe Gomez had to be hooked and should have been hooked at half time. Let's face it. And he wasn't. Well, and, and that's something that I want to actually bring up here as a, just a, a quick analysis here. This seems like this Liverpool team, <clears throat> at least to me, played in one completely different way at the start of last season than what they finished with. They seem to have embraced this high-line style of play uh, where they're near the, the defense is near the touchline uh, whenever they're, they're pushing the play. Whereas um, pre-COVID, they were much more conservative. They, the, the, defense, the defense was not nearly pressed up that high. Or, or at least they seemed more organized. I, I don't know if maybe if my mind's playing tricks on me, but that's exactly how it felt to me. They seemed like they knew exactly what they were doing. Um, uh, I guess at the very beginning of the season, all the way through March, and then post-COVID, 
they've completely played a completely different style of play like they thought they were Barcelona from 12 years ago. Yep, you're absolutely right. And um, the analysis from the, the match with uh, with Chelsea showed and the, the, the match with Leeds showed how uh, Liverpool used to hold a very tight back line. Uh, each player knew exactly where, where each other was and, and they, they worked as a unit. And that doesn't seem to be happening with, with this Liverpool squad. Um, is it because they've, they're now being forced further up the pitch? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I think Liverpool will get it right uh, sooner rather than later. I, th- I think so too. And and I guess that's that's kind of what... What I guess I I have been studying all week because I've watched this game multiple times. Um, maybe I'm a glutton for punishment. I don't know. Um, I could watch it again. I tell you, <laughs> I could watch it again. It did burn into my mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> so with ten minutes in, we've already depressed our guest Tanner. <laughs> It's not good looking good. I I I I said I would try. I I said I would try and be measured, but I'm 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 so I'm gonna try I'm gonna try and lift spirits here and see if maybe I can help make sense of this. Okay. Um I I I've come to three conclusions here in my mind. Um we need to as, as Liverpool, we um we need to stop playing this high line style of play. First off, that that needs to go. If we're gonna have Adrian in goal, Adrian is not Allison, right? He, he cannot. He needs protecting. Yeah, he needs protecting. He needs way more protecting than Allison can. Uh, 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 I guess needs rather. Um, the other thing is that we need to. Well, par- part of that is what we need to consider maybe changing up the formation a little bit. Four three three is way too ambitious, I think, for this team when they are leaking goals left and right. If you if you let Aston Villa score seven on you, then something's inherently wrong with the system. Um, so my suggestion is let's take advantage of maybe one of the transfers that was brought in here, Tiago, and let's actually apply this with maybe a, a style that he's maybe a little bit more familiar with. Uh, let, let's maybe use a little bit of the four-two-three-one formation that was so successful for Bayern Munich, have uh, Tiago and Henderson maybe in that double pivot role, have them help cover the wings, as we know that Robertson and, and um, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold are going to spring up the wings every single time. You could have, uh, as far as the attack is concerned, uh, you could have some kind of revolving door with uh, Firmino maybe playing in the 10 or maybe revolving in and out with any other combination of him, Jota, Salah, and Mane, just all in some kind of a tra- attacking triumvirate. We have the talent there on the roster. But I think we, we need to take full advantage of what we have. And, and I think that maybe a more defensive shape like that would be more um, beneficial, I guess, uh, for what Liverpool are needing right now with their, their goalkeeper woes and, and having Adrian there. I've been, I've been, I'm very tempted. I've been listening to the commentary. And um, Rob Hawthorne was saying on Sky Sports, um, well, back to Jamie Carragher saying, should we... Uh, should they maybe throw Kelleher in there after the international break? And Carragher said, I'm not even sure that that would be good, that even he could help. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, uh, I've seen Kelleher last year, and he looked okay, don't get me wrong, but playing for the reserves and playing for the Liverpool first team are two very different animals. Mm-hmm. Um, having, having said that, 
sometimes you need a um um what's we're looking for here you need um um can't think of the word that's what i'm looking for thank you very much max is that is that worth the word i'm looking for um he uh had with trent worked the worked the treat for him obviously um and it worked for other players over the years as well so um sometimes you do need to do that um i'm not i don't i don't, I don't know um let's face it allison is taking that spot back once he's fit again obviously um we don't know how exactly how long they said six to eight weeks mm. um which if that's the case means uh almost christmas by the time he is fit again which means uh most of the champions league group stages and if that's the case then um if we've got adrian in goal based on his last five games for liverpool uh, we can kiss goodbye not into the group stages but also to Europa League. And I'm good these years when I say that. that. I would I mean, sooner. They, I mean, I mean, if I think what Liverpool I'm, got a favourable group. I mean this hmm. with all seriousness in my voice, Mag. I'm not joking when I say this. I would sooner put Jackson from the MGB Wrestling Podcast in goal than Adrian. Wow. Okay. Um, well, there is maybe one other piece of business here that we should look into, and that would be actually the case of Joe Gomez. Um, I've mentioned before here about my concern about how he doesn't seem to track back or, or is not as quick, or he's oftentimes caught out of position, and this basically ends up resulting in either him or Van Dyke causing an error or uh, Ali having to come out of goal and try and clean up a mess. Um, that to me is certainly not favorable. Um, my, hmm, my concern really lies with, um, the issue of maybe let's try and put in, uh, if we're, if we're serious about Fabinho playing center back, then why don't we actually make that happen? Why don't we actually make this formal yeah, and, and actually convert him into a center back full time? Well, the question I have this um, is there of the John Matip when he's fit he's the first choice alongside Van Dyke it would seem and in fact mm-hmm. when he's fit those two look rock solid that's not a problem mm-hmm. but Joe Gomez I mean I started to, to keep count of the amount of passes he misplaced I lost count and I'm not joking to the extent of three of them, he passed straight to Jack Grealish, who mm-hmm. Mag has turned into a bit of a fanboy of, and I don't blame him after that performance. He, and the thing with Gomez for me as well is he never looks confident in the tackle. Um, he's he's very easy to muscle off the ball and, and kind of panic uh, where you don't you didn't get that with with uh, Matip and you certainly wouldn't have got that if you did Sam Benoit who we all know was was available and was highly linked with uh, with Liverpool I think uh, Liverpool have missed a trick maybe not uh, picking up a, at least one centre back. Mm. I mean, we can always dip into the championship still, of course, because that's still... No, that's Burnley's do. tactics. That's <laughs> Burnley's tactics. To be fair, there is some very talented centre-halves, which are ripe for the pluckings from the lower divisions. I mean, mm. there's a fair opportunity there, of course, but 
you know, we'll get to that, I'm sure, later on at any point. But um, I'd be I'd be having Fabinho going in. He he slotted in there nicely against Chelsea and did a phenomenal job. In fact, I don't recall um, Timo Werner getting a look in. Fabinho just ushered him out the whole time. I think he, he beat Fabinho we mentioned one. mentioned that on the show. Well, and, and that's yeah, exactly that on the show. And that's I exactly felt... my point too, right? Like why, like, <laughs> um, not to give you a throwback all the way to maybe episode two, but Fabinho made Timo Werner, one of the most prolific strikers in all of Europe, indeed look like a flat track bully all game that he played against Liverpool, right? He made he made Timo Werner look like a complete waste of money. Um, and that's how good he I played at center back. I'm very I now see why he was not signed by Jurgen Klopp. Because Ver- <laughs> no 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 because Timo Werner doesn't track back. Timo Werner doesn't go doesn't defend from the front. Timo Werner is a luxury player. And does not fit with Klopp's philosophy. Mm. So I don't mind us not signing him. And on the performance, and to be fair, he had to be fair so far this year. Has he really justified his value so far? I mean, Ollie Watkins, hands down, justified the value. He's he's fastened with that, hands down. Every single signing Villa have made, and we'll get to that. I know in a minute, but they have made some amazing signings of players who have really sprung up and really delivered. Matty Cash, another one, obviously. Um, and yet, Timo Werner's just not... Based on his performance, I'm like, we saved a lot of money. Yeah. Which you then spent on Diogo Jota. Who I, who I actually rate quite, quite highly. But are, arguably... Werner, though. Arguably, Jota Jota fits in the system a lot better. Arguably, yeah, I I agree with that. I I do agree with that. And he would also be happy being uh, being second fiddle where I think uh, Werner would want to play pretty much every game. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Well, I think that we've done just about as much damage as we possibly can can ask for as far as Aston Villa versus uh Liverpool are concerned. Uh Mags, this is your favorite time of the year. The the time of year that you enjoy most. It's transfer deadline day. Um let's talk about transfers. Look, Matt switching hats up. Yeah. He's t- he's taking the 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 techers philosophy to to heart. I, I I adore this. The future guests have got a lot to live up to with Matt. This is true. This is true. Matt switching the hats. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging the hats. <laughs> welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Mags, um, I, I guess you, you get to spearhead this because this is, this is your thing here. This is, this is all about your passion, the, your most favorite time of the year. Yeah. I'll... Transfer deadline day. I mean, I've, I have spoken about this on this show so many times, but it's the best best day of the year for me. Uh, I even got uh, a text message from my oldest son wishing me Merry Christmas because <laughs> he, he knows he knows how how big this day is for me. And this year's was was pretty quiet. Yeah, I was uh, watching Sky Sports and BT Sports, and for the majority of the shows, it was the same news coming up over and over again, the same hints at maybe transfers happening, and then not quite a 
quite a raving. I think in the in the Premier League there were um, less than fifteen transfers. There were two, four, six, eight, ten, fourteen transfers altogether, all which is the lowest that I can remember in in a long, long time. But it was still a fun day, and I, I had fun. I had my popcorn. I watched a I watched a bit of wrestling in the New Japan in the background, and yeah, a, a good day was had in the Mags household. It was um, a good feed to watch along with. I I I had the day off, obviously. I've got to keep me on it, sort of thing. Keep it on the BBC Sport um, live page, waiting for the 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 sightings of players at airports and things like because you always get that. Yeah. I know in this COVID time you don't get that, of course, but someone did mention it in Juan Ron and Raquel May at the Everton at um, flying in for a trial at Everton sort of thing because it happens every transfer window. Someone had to put that in. It's been happening for the last 20 years. Raquel May's been retired for 10. <laughs> the, the, the amount of uh, fun times I've had on transfer deadline day uh, Peter Adam Wingy rocking up to uh, to oh. QPR thinking he was signing and then getting turned away. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Berbatov being kidnapped basically at the the airport by Alex Ferguson and held to ransom uh, for Tottenham. Love it. The purple dildo. The purple dildos were just <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's just those little things that make it uh, make it a fun day. Absolutely brilliant. Mags, I just realised something. You said it's uh, Christmas for you at this time of year, yeah? Well, not now it's gone. Now we're into, uh, oh, don't put Christmas hat on. He's <laughs> <laughs> official, officially jumped the shark. <laughs> Sorry, Mags. I'll leave, it, I'll leave it on now, yeah. Yeah, so going into the transfers that, that went through, started uh, early with a... Uh, Norwich uh, uh, selling Ben Godfrey to Everton, who I think is a a, a great signing, a, a very a young but very kind of cultured defender. He'll bring a, a lot of class to to um, to Everton. Then we got uh, all the rumours of Man United signing players here, there, and everywhere. Sancho was spotted in in Manchester. No, he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> Dembele was spotted. Nope, he wasn't spotted either. Um, they. The, the rumours were coming out like dead early in the morning about uh, Cavani and Tellez and they only uh, they only got confirmed near the end of, of the, the transfer window. Uh, United did actually buy a couple of other players, uh, uh, a couple of right-wingers, uh, Pelestre and uh, I forgot the name of the one. Is that that disimportant? Uh, but yeah, they had a, a pretty poor window. Um, Fulham did some very late business, uh, bringing in Loftus-Cheek, uh, and the, the fun part of that was was watching uh, Harry Redknapp be disgusted in how much uh, Loftus Cheek was getting paid to to play for Chelsea. Um, I think Robin Olsen to Everton on, on loan is a, a good signing to to kind of put pressure on um, on Pickford. Um, Rafinha to to lead from Wren is an interesting signing. I don't mm. know a lot about the guy. And they, they they did pony up a lot of money for him. Mm. Um, but it does seem to fit that kind of Bielsa uh, kind of market. He's not a player, uh, not a, a big name player kind of manager. He's more of a what players will fit into my system kind of manager. Like almost kind of like the the Moneyball tactics of uh, of uh, purchasing. Um, Walcott to Southampton. 
Yeah, that's a, a good move for all all included there. Southampton need that kind of help with uh with supplying Danny Ings is is uh is, is as good as he is. Uh, eventually, he's gonna uh, is gonna have a, a run of poor form, and they need someone who can kind of pick up that slack. Um, yeah, so uh, the the most impressive one I think for me though was uh, Arsenal getting Thomas Partey. Uh, what a what a great signing he is, and we think uh, that that Arsenal have had a good window anyway. But uh, but getting him kind of solidifies that. Uh, I don't think I was quite impressed with the way they went about it, kind of cutting Atletico out of the the business entirely and going directly to uh, La Liga headquarters. Well, you say that, Mags. But in that league, I think they're different, remember? Yeah, I understand um, that. But you, you at least keep the, 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 the selling team in the loop. Uh, and the way that Arsenal... Awesome. They don't need it, to. It, 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 it's, it's just courtesy, more than anything. It's, uh, it's, I it's not... I'm, I'm sort of keep cutting you off. I'm getting my, I'm getting, I'm gonna, I need to, to get my point in here. Atletico Madrid called Arsenal's bluff. They didn't think they'd pay their release clause. Arsenal called their bluff and got their best player. Yeah, I, I I agree, but I'm just saying the way that they went about it, just not saying well we are we are going to to uh, to pay the transfer. They sent Partey's agent with with the funds to straight to La Liga because the way the transfer has happened in La Liga is that um, the money goes to the the central office and they distribute the funds afterwards, and and Arsenal. Took the money direct to La Liga and, and cut Atletico basically out of the out of the the conversation, which it's it's rubbed Atletico up the wrong way, and they've said that they'll never deal with Arsenal again. So uh, I, I think they they're the kind of club that will hold a long term grudge. Yeah, I'll soon come crying. <laughs> the, the most British thing that, that Matt has ever said. They'll come crying to us. <laughs> Um, well, uh, they've got they've got to wash up Uruguay under their striker now, so you know it's fine. <laughs> uh, <Wow>. Mags, <laughs> what you've proposed to do today is for us to go club by club and rank uh, rank the transfer window on a ten scale. Uh, so I guess the inventive way that we can do this is on the count of three, we will each give an answer um, as to what we rated them, and then we'll go. Uh, kind of in the round here and give our explanation as to why. Um, so I guess the the most appropriate way to start this is, is, is in f- alphabetical order. Uh, what we'll be doing is, I guess, starting with Arsenal, um, who we just talked about with Thomas Partey. Um, in, uh, so I guess let's count this down. Three, two, one, seven. Eight. Mm, 7.5. Oh, okay. So we're we're kind of all... In the same kind of groove here, it looks to be in the same in the same room. It seems, um, Mags. Why are you giving Arsenal an eight? Uh, because they filled a lot of the holes that they had in their squad. Uh, I think they brought in intelligent signings. Uh, William uh, will certainly do a good job and adds a, a lot of discipline to that midfield. Uh, Gabriel uh, has got a lot of potential. Maybe is not the the quite the finished article, but he's definitely going to be. Uh, uh, an interesting signing to watch. Uh, Partey, stunning signing for the, for the for the, the, a kind of uh, last minute deal. But the fact is, they got Orba to sign a new deal, and that I think is the biggest transfer that they could have done this year. Mm, mm-hmm, 
yeah, Max nailed it absolutely right. Aubameyang is the biggest bit of business they did. So keeping the captain, keeping their gold machine signed to a long-term contract, um, basically says he by him doing that he wants to stay. Yeah. And when you've got players like Aubameyang in your team, you attract the good players. Arsenal can now literally have a party. <laughs> party. Party. Exactly. I will say as well that um, it's amazing because people are thinking Jorginho to join from Chelsea, of course. And Arsenal seem to be approaching a lot of players from Chelsea in recent years. Uh, David Luiz, obviously, and Willian on a free. Um, that's, that's great business. Petr Cech, obviously, in recent years as well. Um, you know, I can't think of anyone for a while before that. But in recent years, they've been taking stuff, playing, taking players from Premier League clubs, particularly Chelsea, um, which means for a few years' time, they'll take a wash-up team of Werner, probably. But. Hmm. Well, yeah, um, I gave him a seven. Um, it's I, I like uh, pretty much everything that you guys said. I really don't have anything else to really throw in there or to or to add. Uh, obviously, they filled a lot of the holes that they needed to. They they signed in two very very good players in William and uh, um, uh, Thomas Partey. Um, obviously, they they also had. Um, uh, Danny Ceballos uh, re-signed on loan. I think that that fills in a good uh, role there. I think that uh, he's definitely a player that they need to keep around in the squad. Um, let me see real quick. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really seeing any other um, any anything bad as far as the the people that they brought in. Obviously, they cleared out a lot of dead wood here as well. The one thing that I'm a bit questioning here is the sale of Emilio Martin uh, Emiliano yes, Martinez to, right, to Aston Villa. Yeah. I think that that's a very poor move on Arsenal's part. I think they should have kept him. I think yeah. so. I think it were two keepers they had available to them there. They should have got rid of Leno. Yeah, yeah. In my personal opinion, I think Aston Villa have got an absolute steal. Absolute seal. Yeah, I, I think so too. I th- I think that that's that's absolutely correct. Aston Villa uh, definitely came away with this one looking good. Um, let's let's actually talk about. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Mags. I'm just going to say it's a great segue to go on to Aston Villa. <laughs> it is. It is. Let's let's move on to Aston Villa. Um, so I guess the same same deal here. Let's count it down. Three, two, one, seven. Nah. Ten. Wow. Okay. Okay. Perfect. You think they've had a perfect window? If I may elaborate on that. Yes, please do. I'm very curious to know what you're going to say. Okay. For all of the reasons we gave them to about Liverpool game earlier on, Watkins, Cash, Grealish, Ross Barkley being brought in on loan, that was amazing business in itself. Mm -hmm. But something that came up during the commentary in that game and something I kept screaming at the TV screen because it's exactly right. They kept saying, like, I can't do the accent, Jamie Carragher, but he said, this team <laughs> stayed up by one point. I'm like, I shouted at the TV screen. Can I swear on this show? Sure, why not? You say that now. <laughs> um, uh, it's not the same fucking team. Mm. Mm, I shouted mm. it like five, six times every time they brought it up because it's not the same team. Right. Half that squad wasn't there last year. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Squad that they've got out there. That squad that they got out there. No, three quarters of it wasn't playing from last year. But I tell you what, my God, they got how Dean Smith got on playing together already. Four games in, and they and they able to tell the reigning champions apart. Take your hat off. I take. I would literally take this hat off to to him, but I'm not going to right now. Um, it's ridiculous how mm. well he's got on playing so well together already. That's why I give him a ten, not a nine, because not only have they signed them all and signed Grealish to a long-term deal, but it's the fact of Smith has got them playing like they've been playing together for years already. That's yeah. why. I mean that's that that's fair. I mean that's uh, that's a pretty good argument. Yeah. Mags, you you gave them uh, I believe a nine. Is that right? I give them a nine. Yeah, I think they've had a, an outstanding window. They've spent well. Uh, they haven't uh, kind of been uh, been over overpaying for players. I think uh, like we mentioned with Arsenal, adding uh, Martinez is a is a. A great signing, really challenges uh, Heaton for that number one. Uh, bringing in Treore uh, is um, is great Premier League and international experience. Matty Cash has been absolutely superb. Ross Barkley was uh, was outstanding against uh, Liverpool. Signing Grealish to a long term deal, another great uh, another great keep there. But uh, yeah, Watkins has absolutely hit the ground running. Uh, the reason I, I Gave them a nine though, is because I think they, whilst they had a good good window, I don't think they had the best window of of, uh, of teams in 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 this uh in this season. So yeah, I think they've done outstandingly well. Okay, and I love the positivity from the both of you. I really, really do. However, the reason why I'm giving them a seven is because let's see what this actually looks like six months from now. Let's see what this looks like a year from now. These are good signings. These are these are very good signings. Emiliano Martinez, fantastic signing. Ross Barkley, fantastic signing. Ollie Watkins, yeah, he scored a hat trick on a Liverpool team who went belly side up and who's looked poor since they came back from COVID. That's great. I'm perfectly happy for them. <laughs> they did an awesome job. I'm just not sure if they are... I guess the the team, Mags disappeared from us for just a moment. There he is. He's back. Um, Mags, hello. Hello. Oh yes, I can uh, hear I, you. I, I did that on purpose because uh, I think it's a little bit blurry. I was hoping that uh, resetting the camera helped. I don't know if it did. It looks fine on my end. Yeah, it, it, this looks better. So we're we're, we're rocking and rolling. Um, so yeah, I'm giving him a seven. Um, I'm not like. Don't get me wrong. This is this is great business for Aston Villa. The, these these are great signings. They look sharp. They obviously did a number to Liverpool, defending champions. Um, but yeah, um, I I, I want to know what this team looks like six months from now. If they're still mm-hmm. ripping yeah, people sounds- apart, if they're still ripping apart people apart, then fantastic. This looks like it's a great bit of business from them, though. Yep, agreed. Yeah. Mm, good. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, I, I guess uh, let's move on to to Brighton. Uh, one of one team of which Stephen, uh, our friend Stephen, has been um, watching uh, very intently. Um, yeah. Uh, how do we rate Brighton's window? I guess let's count it down. Three, two, one. Three, five, five. Yeah. <laughs> Mags and I seem to be on the same page. Matt, why are you giving Brighton a three? Uh, 
they've signed Dendonka, which is the only player that I that really blows my mind. I mean, thinking on Adam Lallana signing from is good. I mean, Champions League winner, Premier League winner, um, all that jazz is great. Um, ben White staying is important for them, mm-hmm. but. Mm. I've got to admit, nothing out there is kind of making... There, 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 there was no marquee signing. Okay, I, I get that. Um, Brighton need a marquee signing, or they're never going to get other players. What is that good at Brighton? I mean, I mean, no disrespect to Brighton when I'm saying this, but people want to play for, you know, the, the teams at the top end of the table, not the teams fighting relegation. Unless you're going to start paying them stupid money, which Brighton can't afford to do in case they go down. So and they're in, they're in a, a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Uh, a little per- bit, yeah. Personally, I think they they did really well. Signing Dead Donker was was decent. Uh, Van Heck is a, a a decent player. I think getting uh, Joel Beltman, uh, who's a current Dutch international, that's a great uh, a great signing. Uh, Lalana, whilst not being uh, as 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 good as he once was, he's certainly going to bring a lot of experience. Uh, I think uh, Kadra looks uh, exciting, the youngster from Dortmund. But I think you hit the nail on the head by getting Ben White uh, staying. That's that's the key signing. Uh, so that's why I give him a foul. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm along the same lines as as Mags here. Uh, Dindong, uh, Dindong, uh, that guy. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name again. Um, great signing. Um, uh, obviously, keeping Ben White, massive, uh, massive signing. Obviously, everybody in the Premier League wanted Ben White. Um, and I will make note, Adam Alana, uh, you're signing somebody who's got a lot of steel and experience and somebody who could work well in the locker room. So, yeah, um, I would say those are pretty good reasons as to why I'm giving Brighton uh, a five here. Not too shabby. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Megs, uh, your Burnley side is next here on the list. Um, so, uh, with that being said, we'll give the old countdown and I'll give you the spotlight here to, uh, to, to elaborate on whatever you would like to really. Um, so let's count it down for Burnley. Their transfer window is ranked in three, two, one. One. Zero. (laughs) Now, I, I, I was very tempted to actually give him zero, but the fact that they got someone in, uh, I had to give him a one. But I think they've had the worst transfer window uh, of any club in the in the Premier League. Uh, bringing in Dale Stevens was the only major transfer, uh, and he cost just over a million. Uh, they wouldn't stump up the cash for Harry Wilson. Uh, they they're going to revert to to tap and do some bin dipping in the championship again. It's it's just, it's sad. Um, the highlight is obviously keeping Tark. Uh, we, I'm shocked that he actually wanted to stay. Uh, not being able to replace uh, the loss of, of uh, the likes of Hendrick, Hart, Lennon, etc., etc. We've got the smallest squad in the division. Um, it's, yeah, it was a very worrying um transfer window for, for Burnley fans. Um, yeah, and I just, I think this may be the season where we we struggle and kind of, uh, kind of go back down, I think. I do have to ask you, Mags, did Hendrik, Hendrik went on a free, was it? Yeah, he was could a free. Not, yeah, 
that's that's why it's zero for me. It didn't even get any money for Hendrick. And I think he still had time on his contract as well. I think they just let him go for free. That's that's why it's a zero. I, I I get I get it, and like I said, I was close to giving them a zero. The only reason is because they did actually bring someone in in they, Dale Stevens. They have brought in a few other players from like, yeah, all like, all young, all not Premier League ready. To be fair, they brought in Will Norris from Wolves. They brought Mark Richter from 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 Augsburg. And to be fair, I reckon um, that um, Diallo from Arsenal will be a good signing. I think he yeah. will be a good signing. It's it's just like I said. Are they going to be? They're going to be ready, and I don't think that they they are. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll do some some uh, transfers in in this like this two weeks that we've got to to dip the championship. Uh, but it's not looking good because we just haven't got the funds uh, released from the club to 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 make the the moves. I mean, like like we were saying earlier, these great players in the championship, but they're costing more and more each season. And and now a decent championship player is 10, 15 million. And Burnley are just not the kind of club that like to spend that on a single player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and the the signing is, is, is probably the only bright spot I have here as well. Um, that's why I'm giving mm-hmm. them a one. Uh, I, th- I think that he's very promising. That's for sure. Um, but like you alluded to mags, um, Burnley needed a lot more than just than just players with promise. They needed mm-hmm. uh, they needed people with with um, I guess a track record, a proven track record. Uh, Harry yeah. Wilson would have been that for you. Um, but um, the the, the I, most frustrating thing is that we've got arguably one of the best English managers in in yeah. the the division. Yeah, and he has never been someone who, who wants to go out and buy. Uh, marquee 30, 40, 50 million uh, pound players. He just wants to be able to to manage the squad as best as he can. And you can see the frustration in Sean Dyche. And when a manager of his calibre is getting frustrated, that it's almost kind of a death knell. And I can see him having one foot out of the club. And and if we lose Dyche, I think we're losing one of the biggest uh, factors in in keeping Burnley up. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think those, these are all good uh, good notes here, gentlemen. All good notes. Um, let's move I will, on. I will say mm-hmm. before we move on from Burnley, yeah, um, I'm half tempted to give him back to one because you got rid of Joe Hart, so that's good. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> Joe Hart, I, I think he's overrated. That's all hell. All hell. Wow. Well, he's Tottenham's number two now, so we'll see. We'll see if he gets the game. <laughs> We'll get to that. Uh, let's talk about Chelsea. Chelsea had quite the extraordinary window. They splashed a lot of cash here, gentlemen. Uh, so you know the drill. We'll count them down. Three, two, one. Nine. Nine. Six. Wow. Get a six. Get nowhere. Now that, that, that is salty. For that, a that, good that, reason. Okay, okay. It's so not because of what they brought in. Matt, okay, so go ahead, because I'm I'm shocked that you gave them it's, a six. I give them a six, and it's not because of who they brought in, because unquestionably they brought in quality players. Uh-huh. Um, with, with thanks to Mags for providing me with the um, Premier League ins and outs for this, for this um, I've done a quick count up. Um, 
without counting how many players left on loan. A ton. Yeah, I think it's about a, 20. A Champions League squad full. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but how can you have that many players go out on loan and then bring in two hundred, nearly three hundred million pounds of a talent? That, that that's what Chelsea did, though. They were they were pretty much the WWE of the Premier League. They were yeah. hoarding talent because because teams like City were doing exactly the same thing. It was a yeah. very much an arms race. Yeah, I have but... a problem with this, and that's the reason why. That's the reason why I give them six, not because of what came in, but because of what's gone out the door and is still on their books. I have a problem with it. I have a problem with that's... this philosophy in general with Chelsea. I've had a problem with it for nearly a decade. I have a problem with this. Victor Moses, they're trying to put him out on loan again. I mean, he how many seasons has he spent at Chelsea? It's been about 10, 12 two. years now. Yeah, and two, he's two, been seasons. he's been three years actually playing for Chelsea that time. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, if he's got a future, play him. Mm. No, yeah, that's, no. I, I, that's I, why it's a six out of ten for me because it wasn't the beers they brought in. It's because of this hoarding philosophy. I don't, I don't agree with it. Well, because they they don't. If you look at how they kind of uh, use their managers, I mean, they uh, they bring in a new manager on average, what, every two or three seasons? Maybe. Maybe. Um, you know, so, I mean, they basically, yeah, as, as Mags put it, I feel like they've just, they just keep the talent around because they never know who exactly is going to need what as far as, uh, as, as talent is, are concerned. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the, the fact that they keep loaning things out or things, players out. Um, but uh, at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, can you get people, can you get somebody to buy Batshuayi? Can you, like, can you convince somebody to buy a striker that's now, out, like not out of form but like you know there, there's not much uh, i don't know uh, and there's not, on, there's not much the value compared that, to yeah especially when you think about the wages that they're they're on yeah uh, no wonder no wonder the the teams are looking for loan deals because they know that chelsea are going to pay at least half of the wages yeah yeah that's exactly it um mags you and i agreed that there are nine Okay, so mm-hmm. so why why is Chelsea a nine? Because they fixed pretty much every problem that they had last season uh, in terms of uh, players, uh, even leaving it late to fix the uh, the the biggest problem they had with uh, with Kepa. Uh, I think uh, Timo Werner will be there or thereabouts in terms of uh, top goal scorers. Uh, their attacking lineup now rivals Liverpool with uh, with uh, Ziyech oh, and Carvitz. Oh, no. Uh, T- now you're just lying. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Thiago Silva is a player that any team in the Premier League would have would have given their uh, teeth to get. And I think even Ben Chilwell has started absolutely brilliant with his with his debut. Uh, they, they did get... Uh, they did overpay a little bit for him, but I think all, all in all, they've they've solved pretty much every problem that they had last year. Uh, last year, so yeah, mm. I give him a nine. Did you see the West Brom game, Mags? <laughs> yeah, this season is a this season is a madness. You can't. Thiago Silva, who passed the ball to their striker, who scored. Yes, I get and, that. Un, but, unpressured. Okay, but but form is temporary. Class is, is permanent, and I'm he has get, been I'm class get, for wow. 15 years. I'm uh-huh. yet to see the class from Thiago Silva in the Premier League. 
in the Premier League, yeah, he's played like two games in 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 European football and in in um, in high quality Champions League football. The guy is immense. It really is. Thiago so, Silva has judge him off two days. Thiago okay. Silva has been playing it for PSG for the last X amount of years. He mm. hasn't been like, playing his top caliber opposition, has he? Um, okay, what about all his time at Milan? When uh, Serie A was the elite league. Well, that's that's so true, yes. But fairness, he's been playing the Farmers League for the last eight years. <laughs> oh, so, wow. I, I think I think he, he's, for free, he's a uh, massively astute signing. Oh, for free? And he took a wage yeah. cut as well. Which you don't see a lot of players doing that. You'd have to come to Premier League. I don't know. I bet. I bet quite a lot of teams would have given him the the money he was asking for. Well, gentlemen, I feel as though we could talk about Chelsea all evening. However, it's not. <laughs> um, we've got to go through all the Premier League clubs, and 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 we have a very finite amount of time to do so. Um, let's move on to Crystal Palace. Uh, who I have a feeling that we will spend a fraction of the time talking about them as we would have talked about Chelsea. Um, <laughs> Crystal Palace's transfer activity, gentlemen, uh, we'll give our ratings here in three, two, one. Give it a two. Three. Mm, I'd say three as well. Okay. Mags, why a three? Uh, I think um, that says a good signing. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm in the same kind of mindset as you about Batchway. I don't think he's the talisman that uh, Palace are, are looking for. Whilst he's a good striker on his day, he just hasn't had the, the game time to, to maintain that. Uh, keeping uh, um, Zahar was a good move, but yeah, um, I don't think they did enough business to warrant more than a three. I pretty much echo Mags on that one. Batchway. Um, can have good games. I, it depends on how, how how it works with Zaha. If they work really well, you know, as a pair sort of thing, they could be explosive. But wait and see what happens, I suppose. Um, I, I'm hoping for them because I don't hate Crystal Palace. Um, they're a dirt team which they're sort of like, you know, meh sort of thing. I, I wish them well. You know what mm. I mean? Mm-hmm. I wish them well sort of thing. So, yeah. Okay, well, I think we're all in agreement then about uh, about Crystal Palace. Um, I, I gave them slightly less because, again, just based on transfer activity, and I just I really don't feel as though they accomplished much really outside of loaning Bashwai. Um, the only other marquee thing that they did was keeping Zaha. And um, let's be perfectly honest, I don't think that him moving to another club was ever uh, a realistic possibility, especially in this market. I think that they would have ended up asking far too much than what any other club would have ended up paying for him. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that's really even a big accomplishment in that regard. So yeah, I think a, a two is warranted here on my end. Um, Let's uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about probably one of the most explosive clubs this Must season. We. Must we? Yes, we're going to talk about um, the league leaders currently, Everton. Um, Everton are currently top of the table, one of the most informed clubs possibly in the entire world? Question mark. Um <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt seems upset at me. Um, Where are you going to toffee? I'm not. That's the problem. But I know Mags appreciates the joke. Um, 
So Everton, um, one of the uh, one of the premier clubs uh, as far as the transfer window, in my professional opinion, goes. Let's count it down, gentlemen. What does Everton get here in three, two, one? Can they go with a ten? Nah. Wow. Mm. I, I want to say zero because I hate <laughs> Everton so much. But um, I am going to give him a nine. I'm going to give him a nine. Um, the only the only bad thing is they didn't give it a pick for it as well. Um, he's a liability for them. He mm. makes he makes silly mistakes, and I know that's why they brought Olsen in. Um, but I would say um, the fact that they brought Hamas Rodriguez in, and some of the memes I saw about I won't believe in them and players were seeing passing back from halfway line, uh, which I thought was funny at the time. No, I'm praying he does that because let's face it, that Everton side looks phenomenal right now. And on the 17th of October, I am actually a scared Liverpool fan. As well, you should be because Dominic Calvert Lewin is the most deadly striker in the world right now. And it's but, the, and it's but this isn't about Rodriguez. But this isn't about Lewin. This is about what did they do on transfer deadline day. Um, and 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 with that being said, that alone should be scary enough. They they brought in Decore, they brought in Jaimez Rodriguez, uh, they brought in Allen. That's been a, a solid, solid spine. Uh, they replaced them the midfield for forty five million, a full midfield yeah. for forty five million. That's yeah. that's amazing business. Not Having, only, uh, I'm sorry, go well, ahead, Mags. Well, not only did they replace them, they're now leading the league. They are perhaps the most frightening team in the Premier League right now because of, yeah. of these renovations that they made and then uh, as Matt pointed out they brought in Robert uh, Robin Olsen uh, who you know if Pickford's having a bad run of form you could easily throw him in and he's a veteran right I mm-hmm. really don't yeah. think uh, I just now noticed Matt's hat change and it's pretty brilliant I'm sorry I got, I got distracted <laughs> I I don't know his name but his Fez is familiar yeah Fez are cool Right Um, um, The other amazing thing about Everton Is yes they brought all the players in But they also got Walker off the books Moise Keane off the books Mm -hmm. And also they got um, um, Schneidlin off the books as well So they got all of those people Who were on high wages um, Alessandro Yes Um, So they they did a great job um, in, t- in that term of things. So you, yeah, you can't um, you can't see that if they've done bad business across the board. It's the reason why I'm, but why I'm giving them a grudging eight because I hate Everton. They really have a nine, a nine and a half to be fair, but eight is as far as I'll go. Yeah, I, I think that Everton's had the perfect window, to be perfectly honest with you, and, and I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible as much as I hate seeing it. I think they're still in trouble against Liverpool here in a couple of weeks, but um, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I think that they've they've operated in this transfer window perfectly. Um, <laughs> uh, let's talk about Tony Khan's Fulham. This is, this is unbalanced. Hang on a second, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I can't keep a balance for that one. It, it, it's as unbalanced as Fulham, let's argue. Um, nice. <laughs> so, yes, uh, Fulham is as um, probably about as bad of a club as you can get right now. 
uh, in my professional estimate here. But how did they do in the transfer window, uh, gentlemen? Uh, we'll go ahead and rate them here in three, two, one. Three. Wow. Okay, I'm giving it a two. So I'll meet you guys in the middle here. Um, Matt, why a one? Tony Khan. Wow. Tony I scored him down because of Tony Khan as well. <laughs> Tony Khan is the reason why. They brought in some players on Dead on Day which were good players. They brought in Loftus Cheek. They brought in Lookman. Um, players who have family experience and are good players. But when you've got Scott Parker, who I think is... He's a, re- a good, good job bringing him up from a championship last year. Mm-hmm. And then they got their they got their butts kicked. Mm. They got their butts kicked. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tony Khan then running the team down and running the manager down, basically, and saying, we're going to make signings. I'm like, I'm fully aware that you are the bloody chief executive. But you don't run the team. The manager surely is the person who picks the players that he wants to bring in. If not, sack Scott Parker and run the team yourself, mate. That's my opinion. That's why it's a one. Because mm. these players are brought in, um, it's, you know, you've got you know, Kenny Tate, um, Harrison Reed from Southampton, decent-ish players. Lamina's a, a good loan signing. I think yeah. Northampton as well, as well. But <laughs> let's face it, do we feel that any of this would have been brought in um, if Tony Khan wasn't promising to pay 100% of their wages, probably, because he is a billionaire? I'm sorry, I've just... Tony Khan's made me feel like Fulham aren't just going to go down. They're going to go down with the worst point total in Premier League history. Oh, that's, oh. Some, uh, that's brave. Some, uh, a brave and <laughs> prediction. The way they look right now, even with those signings they've made, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they did beat the record. I wow. wouldn't be at all surprised. But I hope they don't. Because, you know, I, 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 as I said with Palace, I don't hate Fulham. I want Fulham to, to do well. I want all teams to do well, to be fair, apart from Everton and Man United. I want them to go down. But um, Fulham, no hatred for them. Mm-hmm. No hatred. I want, to, you know, they're, they're a good team in the championship. And But Tony Khan just made me think, like, screw you. Mm-hmm. And that's bad. Well, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think that sums it up pretty well. I gave, I ended up giving them a two because they did bring in quality signings, as you noted, Lamina, uh, Ariola, uh, Lookman, Loftus Cheek. These are good quality signings, but there's no rhyme or reason. They're just like, hey, let's sign some names. Let's go ahead and put them on the let's put them on the team sheet. Let's get them in. The epitome of panic like. buying. Yep. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. It was panic buying. Um. Yeah, that's that's why I give him a three because Tony Khan shitting on on the club. I don't like that whatsoever. Uh, I think Torsin from City is, uh, looks like a good player, but very unproven. Uh, they made some decent loan signings, but yeah, the, their their uh, dealings on the 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 transfer deadline there just smacked of, of panic. Yep. Yep. 
I agree. I agree. Gentlemen, we are almost halfway through. Let's let's try and uh, see if we can get all the way done here in a, a timely manner. Uh, Leeds United uh, have had a pretty brilliant window in my professional estimate here, but what do you gentlemen think? Uh, we'll go ahead and reveal our results here in a three, two, one. Seven. Eight. Six. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, Matt, uh, again, you're you're living you're you're voting them at the lowest score here uh, out of the three of us. Why only a six for Leeds United? Um, because of the because from my every single commentator, and I mean this quite literally, um, you, takes great pleasure in being able to say the word cock in the commentary and you can hear the co-commentators sniggering every single time they say it as if that's a reason to score down their transfer dealings <laughs> that's um wow. but that's that that's beside the point um i've got to admit um we've got, we've got obviously rafina is the marquee signing us along with Helder costa obviously um but um, uh, Sam Greenwood is this a is this a, there's, there's names that I've not heard of. I mean, my brother probably heard of um, Sam Greenwood. I'm, he's an Arsenal fan, but um, you know, I this is kind of meh. They're playing well. They play really well against us. They play really well um, all season. To be really honest, they haven't had a bad game. Even mm. when they've lost, they played well. So need to be fine this year. But it's because he's gonna go like, meh, they've 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 signed to survive. I'm I'm going to counter that with the fact that I think it I've scored them up because they're not big name signings. Uh Bielsa has signed players that fits into the Bielsa style of playing rather than going out and going, We need to spend big, we need to get a big player in. I like the way Bielsa thinks. I think Rodrigo is a little bit of a gamble. Uh Rafinha, I don't know enough about the, the kid to to warrant, but I think twenty million seems a lot. Uh Cock is a, a great defender. Uh you talk about the commentators giggling, and it's you. Uh, Costa is a, an outstanding star. I can't help it. It's true. Uh, I think they've done re- really good <laughs> business at Leeds. I, I, I rated them higher than you, Mags, because not only do I agree with your points, I, I think that they're actually better than even what you said that they are. I think these are these are the ideal signings that Bielsa has here. I think that, like you said, he doesn't have to spend a whole lot of money, nor does he want to spend a whole lot of money. Um, he, he signed the most ideal people here that he could in, in, in this particular transfer window. Um, and let's not forget Rafinha. I mean, that's a pretty good last-minute little deal there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think that they bought very, very smart. I will counter real quickly, Mags, by saying I do agree with the idea of signing players to fit your system rather than signing players for the big name factor because that's exactly why we didn't sign Timo Werner. <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> Uh, let's move along to Leicester City. Um, an interesting case here, I think. Um, obviously, they, they brought in uh, Under from Roma, uh, amongst uh, a couple of other names, it seems. Um, yeah, curious. Uh, let's go ahead and rate Le- uh, Leicester. Um, count it down in three, two, one. Four. Five. Five. Wow, okay. 
Um, I, I rated them at a four purely because way more outgoings than they did incomings. They didn't seem to solve the Ben Chilwell problem in my professional estimate here. Um, really? and, uh, I think that they did. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But from what I'm seeing here, under seems to be the best signing that they've made, and it, I, I don't, I, I really don't even know how that's going to work out. To be perfectly honest, but maybe, it, maybe I'm missing something here, Mags. What am I missing? I think uh, Timothy Castagna has, has hit the ground running in that left back position. Scored well. Uh, he provides an attacking flair, so I think he's going to fill Chilwell's boots pretty well. Uh, Fafana, for me, is the biggest risk. Thirty million for a, a, a very unproven centre back. I think uh, Under does bring a different attacking option, but like a lot of clubs uh, that we spoke about, the, it's the keeping out of, of players that have, have uh, scored highly for me. Uh, Indidi and Madison still on the books at Leicester is great business, uh, and that's why I give him a five. And of course, Vardy is still there, still banging the goals in form, and that's important for them. As yeah. long as they continue to manufacture Skittles and Red Bull, Jamie Vardy will continue to score goals. I, I think that that's pretty much, uh, you know, yeah, he'll he'll be well into his 80s, Powering down Skittles and Red Bull, and I think he'll be okay. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's that's my thoughts on Lester. Matt, do you do you have anything different from what Mags Rive have pointed out? No, Mags made Mags made good points, and I can't argue with him for once. Wow. Okay. Well, I have. I'm a, shocked. I have a feeling that we all might be a little bit argumentative about this next club. Yep. Uh uh, Matt, you and I, big Liverpool fans, um, an interesting window to say the least. Um, what do we rate Liverpool, gentlemen? We'll count them down in three, two, one, eight, seven, five. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's that's brutal. That is. You need pretty... to explain that. Yeah, you need go to ahead. Matt. That. Again, the outgoings, not the incomings. Okay. Or in, in certain cases, we, who didn't leave sometimes as well. Right. Okay. So, first of all, bringing in Simicass, great signing, in my opinion. He'll keep Robertson um, sharp going for left back, obviously. Thiago, once he's free of COVID, he'll be brilliant in the midfield. As, as you guys said, after in his first appearance, um, he broke the record for a one-half performance for passing accuracy as well. Which Just was then re-broke by Van Dijk. Don't forget that. Yes. Um, Diego Jota, obviously he um he did a fine he's done a fine job since so far. He should have had a hat trick in his first in his first appearance for Liverpool before Salah stole a ball of him so many times. Um and obviously we brought in um, Anderson Areo as well. Um he'll probably be be, be uh, used more um sparingly. Yeah, but against the players that went out for me, um, I'm glad to see the back of Dejan Lovren uh, and Nathaniel Klein. Um, gutted to see Rian Brewster go. Um, gutted to see Marco Gruich go out on loan again. Um, I think um, I've spoke of you, Mags, about um, Hoiver going. I think that's great business for Wolves. Um, gutted he's gone. Um, I'm annoyed that Karras wasn't sold. Um, and he only went on loan to Union Berlin. Um, but I'm really annoyed that Adrian is at the club still. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Mm. Wow. 
Um, Mags, you had a bit of a more um, positive outlook. Uh, <laughs> what would yeah, you make uh, of I- uh, I gave them a seven. I think for a, a Premier League uh, winning team, they had a very quiet window, um, and it was it was it looked like it was all done and dusted once they signed uh, Alcantara. I think he's he's an absolute marquee signing uh, for me. I mean, we spoke about how much he kind of give uh, the whole of the league a boost by signing for for Liverpool. Um, I think Simicus is decent, uh, but he's only going to be back up uh, for Robertson. But like Matt said, he's going to keep Robertson on his toes. Uh, Jota is a, a great player. Uh, I don't kind of think he fits in uh, in that front three. I think if if uh, all things are equal, Firmino, Mane and Salah are definitely your, your starting lineup. Uh, I think they struggled in bringing in a centre-back. They definitely needed that. That's uh, probably knocked them down a couple of points. Uh, but for me, th- they've done really well to to trim a lot of the fat away from uh, from uh, a squad that was getting a little bit bloated. And not only have they trimmed the fat, but they've also got good money for, for, for players who, uh, who they've let go. So I, I scored them quite highly for that as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and based on those same principles like i said I, I gave them an eight obviously um yeah i would have loved to have seen carius sold permanently i would have loved to have seen uh maybe us keep uh, uh brewster around um obviously that's that's i'm a little bit gutted about that um i'm i'm i almost regret us even even letting lovren go but i understand why um, you know, but yes, is there, um, what's the right way of saying this? Um, should they have signed another center back? Yes. Should they have maybe looked into buying a different goalkeeper? Perhaps. I mean, you're really asking for somebody to, to either stay on the bench or only show up at the training ground, really, in that kind of case here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you would have to have almost asked to, to let go of Adrian at that point uh, in order to sign a new goalkeeper, which, I mean, we could argue all day about that for sure. Um, Diego Jota is a player who can play anywhere across Liverpool's front three, and I think that's something that we've been begging for is somebody who can be consistent, uh, maybe not like Shakiri, um, you know, but um, you know, he'll be somebody who can compete for spots with Shakiri and uh, Minamino uh, for starting. Uh, uh, Simikas, uh, like you said, uh, Matt, he is very, very good, um, but I think that any any player playing in the fullback position would have a difficult time displacing either Robertson or Trent Alexander-Arnold at, at, at this current stage. So that's nearly an impossibility. And then Thiago Alcantara is going to rival uh, Kevin De Bruyne as the best midfielder in the Premier League for years to come. So, I mean, I can't really, I can't really say it's a bad window at all. No, it's definitely one. I was disappointed of who didn't leave at us all. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you at all, man. I don't disagree with you at all. I would love to hear your take about Manchester City, however. Uh, <laughs> so, gentlemen, let's rate Manchester City's transfer window activity in three, two, one, four. Five. Three. Matt, once again with the lowest score. Matt, talk to me about Manchester City. Why a three? Okay, where do I start with this? Where do I, where do I unpack this um, suitcase of despair? Okay. <laughs> okay. 
Ferran Torres, okay, he does, it's nowhere near as good as Sane was. No. Who's always, who's always scoring for um, Bayern Munich. Um, wow, well, I'm Ake, still injured. Yes. Um, Nathan Ake um, couldn't lace the boots of Vincent Kompany. Or Otamendi. Uh, Otamendi, who I believe went, um, went to Portugal, didn't he? Benfica. Yeah, great. Good signing for Benfica, that is, definitely. Um, and um, Ruben Diaz, uh, who went the other way, of course. Um, decent signing. How much did they pay for me in Mexico? I'm going to 65 mil. Yeah. Way overpriced. Mm. Way overpriced. He could be good, but he's going to need to be. He's going to need to be. Um, mm. I think it's more... The reason why they're so low is because of who went out and who we didn't replace them with. Um, mm-hmm. Sane left. David Silva left. Claudio Bravo. Okay, maybe that's not quite so bad. bad thing. But Angelino, who was brought in last year, with big hype about him, they loaned him out this year straight away, pretty much. Tosin's gone to Fulham. I mean, to be fair to Angelino, he's gone to Leipzig, who are, are gonna he's gonna get game time uh, in a top league. So I understand that that uh, loan that makes sense. And the bigger mistake they made, apart from not replacing or still not replacing, um, in my opinion, company properly, or now not replacing David Silva. Um, is the fact that they're going to lose Eric Garcia for free? Yep, that because was they were stupid, horrific business. Yeah, because they they didn't want to deal with Barcelona, which is going to go there anyway now for nothing. Um, mm. I give them a five, uh, basically because I think Ruben Diaz is going to be a good addition. Uh, I think they did get their they did get um the pants pulled down over the price. I think they they needed a new left-back because Benjamin Mendy is not a world-beating left-back. Uh, the losing Garcia is going to be uh, awful for him next season, uh, but it's because they didn't replace Silva. Uh, I think he was, uh, he was one of their their best players for such a long time, and you can't just leave that, that David Silva-size gap in your squad and not replace him. So it's a, it was a... A poor window for for City, in my view. Mm-hmm. Well, Absolutely. I think I think they put their eggs in the Phil Foden basket. I think that they thought that he was going to jump right in and be David Silva two and that's certainly um, that's certainly a lot of pressure. Um, a staggering statistic: uh, Pep Guardiola has spent nearly half a billion dollars on defenders since arriving at Manchester City, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, I mean. Is, is, and hasn't it, improved on the ones he already had. Exactly, exactly. Um, as you gentlemen astutely pointed out, uh, Ferran Torres is not Leroy Sané. Um, he, I don't think he's even a shadow of what Leroy Sané is, to be perfectly honest. He's he's talented, he's got a lot of promise, but he is not going to give you uh, if, what, what Sané has, um, which is... Um, uh, I, I don't know. It's perplexing to me. Um, I don't think it's a very good window at all for Manchester City, to be quite honest with you. Uh, mm-hmm. But going from from tragedy to basically um, a, a calamity here in Manchester <laughs> United, um, what 
<laughs> what is this? I don't even know what this is. This is a transfer window. This is this is who they. Okay, um, gentlemen, Manchester United. No further introduction needed. Let's count them down and rate Manchester United's transfer window dealings in three, two, one, one, two, minus five. Wow, a negative oh, result Jesus. here from Matt. Um, not minus even a not even five. a positive result. Wow. Minus five is it's a bit of a joke answer. I am going to give him a one, but yeah. that's only only because they did actually bring some players in. Um, yeah. It's it's a joke. Surely, surely this is surely this is all a big April Fool's joke. And at some point, I'm going to wake up and realize the main I actually are still a big club. Um, news that Ferguson left in 2013 and no one's told Man United. Wow. I give him a two. Uh, I think they desperately needed a centre-back. Didn't get one in. Desperately needed a, uh, a central uh, defensive midfielder. Didn't get one there. They desperately needed a right-winger, and which they actually did get. They got two. Uh, both are unproven uh, teenagers and uh, uh, just clearly not ready for the Premier League. They signed a 33-year-old um, attacker who hasn't played in seven months and was uh, on a free uh, in the, in positions where they've got the likes of Martial, Rashford, Greenwood, so players they didn't really need. Signed uh, Donny van der Beek, who's an outstanding player, but doesn't improve in the ones that they've they've got. Uh, then they, they, they played the whole Billy Big Bollocks over Sancho, trying to bully uh, Dortmund when Dortmund were were, were perfectly uh, happy to to deal with Man United, uh, but they just wouldn't um, they wouldn't uh, pay attention to the the, the timeframes and fees, uh, even though they went and spent uh, good money on uh, unneeded and unproven players. Then they switched to Dembele, which has today been revealed that Dembele uh, point black refused to sign for Man United because he uh, he was looking to go to Juventus. I, I have to agree with Matt. Man United are not a big club anymore. In terms of revenue and fan base, yeah, absolutely. But in terms of attracting players, no, they can't. They can't get a deal over the line. It's as simple and clear as that. Uh, the biggest transfer they needed was a new director of football and to get shut of Ed Woodward. It's it's beyond a joke now. If I was a Man United fan, I would be pulling my hair out at the way that uh, Ed Woodward deals in transfers. Well, and yeah. the best... Sorry, Sandra, just don't be one second. No, you're buddy. fine. The, the best way to sum it up is, as Meg pointed out, Donny van der Beek, he was their marquee signings, like about to her, before they signed up Cavani and Tellez. Um, van der Beek made his debut in the Premier League in the first match of the season as a substitute. Hasn't played in the Premier League since. And his, and his agent is pissed off about it. And he scored in that game. Came on as a sub, <laughs> scored. Played two games in the League Cup, hasn't scored in that either. I'm thinking, why did you sign him? You signed him for thirty-five million pounds. It's the, it's the Man United way. It really is. The uh, since Ferguson left uh, and Ferguson, who uh, basically took control of the signings of the club and bought players that they needed rather than players that that were big names. And since they got uh, Edward Wood involved in t- making the transfers, it's been absolutely woeful. Uh, Going back to, like you said, 2013, 2014, the, 
when they get a new manager in, they will back him. And then the next season, they cut the funds off and then they still expect the same kind of results. Uh, did it with Van Gaal, did it with Mourinho. Now they're doing it with, with Solskjaer. Uh, and the manager will end up paying because he'll get he'll get the sack uh, when really the problem is is further up the further up the board. Mm. Edward Woodward is single-handedly going to kill Man United's chances of being back in the Champions League again this year. Yeah. Yeah. Because unless they win the Champions League or the Europa League, if they drop down into it, they are not going to get in it based on performances. Because as of right now, they're, what, 13th in the league? I know they've got a game in hand. But based on their performances this year, I mean, do you really... I mean, take it... Ignoring the fact that they concede six, because they know they concede six. I think, they'll, I think they'll struggle to get top six. You heard it. You heard it here from Mags first, guys. I, I, not, I agree. That, and that's him. not. And that's not me being salty. I have no dog in the fight against Man United. Uh, I just think that everybody around him has improved immensely, and Man United have not. Hmm. Yeah. No. I mean that. That makes the most sense to me. Um, I mean, th- this reminds me of transfer windows past where Manchester United went out and signed like Cavani and Di Maria, not Cavani, but like um, Falcao and, and Di Maria and like <laughs> people that are uh, e- either beyond their prime or, or players that have um, really no sense into it besides, oh, they performed well the last couple seasons. Let's throw them in here because we think that they're going to play well with us. It, there, mm. There's no rhyme or reason yeah, they, or strategy. They, they, they to what they're doing they become a, a last minute panic buying club they yeah. did it with uh they, they did it with um uh sanchez they they did it with uh ibrahimovic uh mm. they did it with a garlo mm. um yeah they, they become a club that that promises the earth to the fans and then when they don't get them players they just bar whoever's available I mean, Cavani could to get him ten goals a season. Uh, correct me wrong, wrong, Max. About Cavani, correct me wrong. He was a free agent, wasn't he? He was. He's not played for seven months, so he didn't even need to rush him through on deadline day. No, they're going to sign him. It was. Today. It was a. It was a last minute panic bar. It was a last minute panic bar because they, they they knew that they couldn't bully Dortmund for Sancho, and then they, they knew they'd been knocked back by Dembele. It was, oh, shit, we better bring somebody in. Mm. Mm. Let's move along from Manchester United. Let's talk about a different club that's in a little bit of a tough spot here, Newcastle United. Um, it seemed as though there was a possibility of a takeover in, in ownership, Um you know, uh, before the beginning of the season, that has not transpired. Um, it, this is an interesting window here for Newcastle United. Not the best that they've ever had, obviously. Um, what do we make of Newcastle United's signings here, gentlemen? Uh, let's rate their transfer window in three, two, one. Six. Four. Six. Okay. Uh, why a six, Mags? I think that uh, Callum Wilson is the, the, the guy that will get him 20 goals. Uh, he adds great attacking options. Jamal Lewis uh, improves the defence and picking up the likes of Ryan Fraser and Hendricks on freeze is great business. Uh, they also did well to to trim a lot of the excess. Um, I think that Steve Bruce has spent wisely and 
it, it's paying off dividends because they, they, they're getting some decent results. Absolutely. Sitting top half right now, um, which is where I think they'll end up. But mid-table, mid-table top half sort of thing, that's, that, that'll do Newcastle fans. Newcastle fans will take that, having had seasons where they, they yo-yo between the divisions. They'll take that best you need on certain times. Um, and as you said, some picked up some good little, some good bargains. And let's face it, they didn't spend a hell of a lot of money on um, Callum Wilson either. And well, get, in, the, in this market, is is Dutchy? Absolutely, he's he'll get them twenty goals easy, easy. Yeah, um, I rated them slightly lower, not um, at any fault of kind of them, but at the potential that they could have had had they uh, actually gotten new ownership here. I think that that's that's what I think is most heartbreaking is you, Newcastle United have uh, that their fan base has wanted new ownership for quite some time, uh, and I think I think most Premier League fans want that for them. Uh, the problem being here is that. Um, you know that deal did not go through. Uh, I get that. Uh, the, obviously, the Saudi Arabian consortium is a little bit problematic. Actually, a lot problematic, and, and you know some may say. Um, but I think that if you're a fan of Newcastle United and you're wanting to see investment uh, into the club, um, you're not going to necessarily get that with the current level of ownership that they have now. Um, that's just my opinion, though. Um, you know, for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Let's take a look here past Newcastle United to Sheffield United. Uh, how did Sheffield United go, gentlemen? Uh, I'm going to say count it down in three, two, one. Four. Three. Four. Okay. Well, Matt, you are actually averaging out here with a higher result uh, than, than Mags did uh, for once, which is interesting. Uh, Matt, what do you like or what do you see that's positive here in Sheffield United? They've got a good signing in Brewster. Yeah. Uh, Rian Brewster uh, deserved um, a, a run in the Premier League team. I'm gutted it's not with Liverpool, um, but I'm very happy for Sheffield United because they're a good team in general. They've um they've 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 trimmed up some players from last year. Um Koulibaly brought in as well, we're gonna they've loaned him out already. Um but he'll be a good sign for the future. Um I'm excited about the signing of Aaron Ramsdale, but he is a bit pricey his signing from Bournemouth. Um but Bruce is the reason why it's a four, not a three. Yeah, Mags, you rated the lowest. Why? Why? Um, why did you rate them a three? Okay, I, I agree with you that I think uh, Brewster is, is their marquee signing. Um, I think at twenty three million, it's a bit of a risk for someone who who is unproven in the Premier League. I mean, he's got all the potential in the world, but you've got to translate that into into goals. Uh, Ramsdale uh, is not showing his value at 18 and a half million at all. I think he's been very, very weak. Uh, as for the rest of the signings, they, it just smacks of championship level players. The likes of Burke, Borgel, Law, uh, uh, Empadu, they just all sound like a team preparing themselves for life back in the championship. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't think that that's harsh, though. Um, I, I I do think M, uh, Ampadu and uh, Brewster are obviously 
they've got worlds of potential there uh, with those two signings. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I I would like to say that Sheffield United is going to repeat kind of the same um, kind of Cinderella type uh, antics that they did last year, but I don't think that's going to be the case here. Unfortunately, I hope so. I I, I like watching uh, Sheffield United play. They're they're one of those teams that are very. Um, you don't have any kind of feelings either way. You just you like how they play and you you wish them well. But I just think they're going to struggle this year. I agree. I agree. Um, Southampton. Southampton brought in Ibrahima uh, uh, Diallo, Theo Walcott, Kyle Walker Peters. Yeah. Nice little window there for Southampton, you think? Or am I wrong? Gentlemen, what did you guys rate Southampton? Uh, five. Oh. Five. Wow, okay. Uh, I gave him I gave him a four, so we're all kind of in the same area here. Um Mags, what's to like about Southampton? I think you've uh, you mentioned uh, Diallo. I think he strengthens the midfield. I think uh, Salazu definitely is a, a big improvement over Yoshida. Um, Kawak has, has done really well uh, at the start of the season. Uh, they needed backup for Ings. Uh, whilst they haven't gone out and got uh, an out-and-out striker, I don't think Che Adams is that guy. Uh, the fact that they brought in Walcott, uh, he can certainly at least get among the goals and, and take a little bit of that pressure off, uh, off Ings' shoulders. The reason I, I, I give him a five, though, is because I think the loss of Heisberg may be a, a big miss. I think he was uh, outstanding for them last season, and uh, I think they, they may struggle uh, without replacing him. Yeah, um, Hoyerberg going is a big loss for certain. Um, Carl Walker Peters obviously impressed on loan from last year, uh, mm-hmm. which is why he's there now, obviously. And he's, as you say, Mags, word for word almost, he has um, had a great start of the season. And Walcott, I think Walcott and Ings, nice English strike force, will do quite well on that south coast. Mm-hmm. I, I rated them lower than the two of you simply based on, yes, they sold uh, Hoybier, they sold uh, uh, Suarez, and then they also sold uh, Lamina out on loan. Um, I think that that's, for the talent that those three alone have, I think that that's really kind of uh, uh, selling yourself short, uh, to be quite honest with you. Without, without yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I like the signings that they brought in, but I don't think that they've done enough to outweigh what they've actually let go of here. Um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens with Southampton. Um, this one should be fun. We just brought, we just talked about Hoybier. Let's talk about him some more. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, I thought has, um, they've had a, a pretty interesting window. I think, um, not, maybe not one of their best, maybe not one of their worst, um, but but certainly an interesting one nonetheless. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur, gentlemen, how did you rate their twa- uh, their transfer window? Their transfer window. That's better. How do you rate their transfer window? An eight. Mm, six and a half. Wow. Okay. Um, I, I actually tend to side maybe somewhere in the middle. I'm giving them a, a seven. Um, uh, Matt... Uh, you said a six and a half. Um, what what mm. what's what sets the tone for six and a half? Okay, first of all, they brought in Joe Hart. Big mistake. Um, 
they but they got rid of Michelle Vaughan, which was a good which was a good one because Michelle Vaughan should never have gone to Spurs in the first place. Because every time Michelle Vaughan said and I mean this, Michelle wow. Vaughan every every time he played for Tottenham Hotspur, they lost. Every game. Yeah. Yeah. That um, sounds about right. Yeah, Yen- Vertonghen was released, obviously, any of his contract. Um Hoiberg good, but doesn't lace for Tongan's boots in my opinion. Um Doherty is a good signing. I mean Gareth Bale, yes, he's gone back on loan, but that's only because no it's only because no one else could afford his wages. And even Tottenham can't afford his wages, only paying half his wages. Which says it all really. Um um, that's worth six and a half because um, they've they've strengthened in places, but there's other places where I'm thinking like the best sign they've done is a loan signing. It's not even a permanent deal, and he can't even play until a month and a half into the season because he's been signed injured. Mm. Um, I don't know if I if I want to do a favorite until it was broken, I'll take it back to the shop I bought it from. Goodness. <laughs> that's, that's a very British analogy, I'm afraid. Um, also, I think it was a foolish move of them to sell Walker Peter to Southampton. I think they're going to regret it. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Mags, your rebuttal. <laughs> My rebuttal is uh, I think that they've added great options in the terms of uh, the fullbacks with uh, Doherty and uh, Regulon. I know we spoke in the, one of the earliest episodes of how uh, they didn't use Doherty to his uh, to his full potential, but if they switch up the, the formation and, and kind of use him as a wing-back rather than a, a full-out uh, full-back, I think that'll be uh, a great move. Uh, Hodgeberg, I'm kind of agreeing with, with Matt. I don't think he... He's a, a massive improvement in, in in what they had, but he, he's he's more missed from Southampton than he is a, an improvement for Tottenham. Uh, I think um, you you kind of looking at the bail uh, uh, loan uh, in kind of like blinker terms. I think him being on the pitch is only half of what he actually brings to the club. The fact that they got him. Uh, it boosted everybody in the in the in the, in the team, and you can see that they they were they had more passion and they had more energy and they had more uh, um, just they just looked like a better team knowing the fact that they've got Bale back at the club. It really added that kind of spark. Uh, they did well to bring in uh, Vinicius from uh, Benfica. Uh, they needed that backup for Kane. Um, my only real issue with this window is. Why didn't Tottenham back Pochettino to this level? Pochettino as manager was absolutely outstanding and they, they lost him because they wouldn't back him. Uh, and if they'd had shown this kind of that uh, um this kind of transfer uh nows with uh with Pochettino, I think they could have been challenging for the league. Yeah, yeah. I I I can't say I disagree with that. I, I would say the one place that Tottenham didn't fulfill maybe some kind of extra attention to is center back. I think that that center back spot mm-hmm. that Vertogen, uh, Vertongen left is, um, it's, that's a, that's quite a, a, a massive hole 
there for them. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, but they look really, really good right now. They really do. And I think the additions of, of Bale and um, uh, their, their new striker, Carlos Vinicius, is, is definitely very good as well. Um, let's see here. We've only got three clubs left. Let's try and move this along here, gentlemen, because I know it's late there in the evening uh, on your end. Uh, West Brom. West Brom did... Uh, they did some business. It looks like they... they, they, they <laughs> did they? <laughs> These are great questions. Uh, gentlemen, uh, how do you rate West Brom uh, in three, two, one? Two. Two. Three. Yeah. It's yeah. been generous as well, but I'll be really honest. Yeah. Um, the... If you can call it marquee signing, you'd Slavanovic, who's like pushing retirement age, unfortunately, from, from a game. Um, everyone else was pretty much there last year, unless I'm wrong there, Meg, am I? That's, yep, yeah, that's the issue. The issue is all they've done is confirm the, the loan signings that they had last year. Uh, I, I think Dan Garner will do well. Uh, I think uh, West Ham were daft to let him go, especially for the for the price that they did. Uh, and and you said uh, Ivanovic is the marquee signing. This guy's thirty six years old now, and he looked tired when he left Chelsea like four years ago. So he's, I think he's going to struggle. And I think uh, there's nothing at all that I'm excited about for West Brom. Yeah, um, they really kind of just existed in this transfer window. They they didn't really do anything that I think benefited them. Um, they didn't really sell anybody who I think hurt them all that much either. Um, that that I can really kind of see here, just based on the business. But yeah, um, they really just kind of existed. I don't know. There's really not not that much else to say about West Brom. I think. Um, West Ham United, however, there is a little bit to talk about there. It seems. Um, they did seem to let go of a lot of dead wood here, but some, some shocking, um, uh, releases or outgoings here is, is, is kind of more of this, the story, I think. Uh, gentlemen, what did you rate their transfer window? One. Wow. A one. Their, trans- their transfer window one, which I actually am a slight <clears throat> made about given their results for the last uh-huh. two games they've had. Yeah, I, I don't um, disagree. I, I give them a, this a squad, one as well. This squad has just gone and smashed a team which smashed Manchester City the week before. As proved by Mags early in the, early in the episode, this season is so higgledy-piggledy. We can't tell who's going to beat who from one week to the next. <laughs> but if Leicester, who... Let's not, let's not, let's not mince words here. Leicester spanked Manchester City at home. And then... West Ham mm-hmm. went to Leicester and thanked them at home. And that was yeah, this it's, a ma- it's a mad season. Fairly. It is, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say something which is probably a little bit harsh here. And I apologise to my stepfather, who is a West Ham fan. Okay. Confirming Suchek's opponent deal is good business. No argument that he's good as a player. Um, I had forgotten that Zabaleta and Wilshere were still signed at West Ham, and I couldn't remember. 
I couldn't remember Wilshire was actually playing for him still. I thought he'd already gone. Yeah. Which wow. said it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so when I, when I saw that Wilshire's had his contract terminated, I'm like, he's still there? Well, not now, mm-hmm. obviously, but he was still there? I was surprised. I'm like, but to say that, that was the headline on Sky Sports News during transfer deadline day. And no one signed him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Um, Burnley could do him. Burnley could do him. They really, really could. I would oh. even pay for his biscuit knees. Do you know what the thing about it is as well? Burnley's sort of place where Jack Wilshere would flourish. Yeah, yeah, in in that kind of game, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's a scrappy little player. Yeah, I give him a one. I think uh, they they pushed Burnley for the worst window. Uh, Suchek is a decent player, but he was already there on loan, so it's 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 hardly new business. Uh, they brought in Kufal, who I think was his uh, teammate at Slavia Prague. Yeah. So I don't know how well he he fits with the squad. The fact that they lost Diangana, uh, they let Wilshire go. Cullen went to Anderlecht, which is a madness move. And the biggest one for me was was letting Felipe Anderson, who's one of their their brightest uh, attacking players, go to Porto on loan. I don't I don't understand it at all. It, it just was a horrific window. I personally rate Felipe Anderson as their best player, and letting them letting him go out on loan. <clears throat> personally, personally. I think that Michael Antonio has scored ten in the last eleven games. I mean, that's that's nice. Yeah, I, I, like, I like Antonio. Antonio's although, great. Although, <laughs> that's nice and all. Wow. Yeah, no, that, I mean that's that that's really nice and all, but I I wouldn't say that uh, Antonio can lace up Felipe Anderson's boots on any given day. Um, I would point out with that very stat I just gave. He also scored ten in the last forty-two before that. So. Yeah, you know, speaking roundabouts. <laughs> no, I mean, I th- th- those are good points. They're very good points. But uh, like I said, let it, letting regardless, letting one of the top players at your cl- at, at your club go out on loan to Porto, I that's a bad look. That like that alone is bad enough. But everything else that they did is just awful. It's just awful. But by that same token, though, Tanner, mm-hmm. um, Gareth Bale is one of the best players at Real Madrid. They let him go on loan to the fourth best team in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that's that's sometimes having one of the best players go on loan. Sometimes you need to balance the books, right? But they 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 let him go out on loan to one of relatively probably the best team in Portuguese history, which is not bad. True, which but is not maybe bad. maybe they need to get off the wage bill for a bit. Yeah, I mean that's fine. Yeah. No, that that that's what that's what bad to do with Mitrovic that um, Fulham when they got relegated had to send him out on loan because they couldn't afford to pay his wage in the championship. Yeah, no, that, I remember that. True. So that could be that could be the case. Um, I can only assume that is the case. If it's not, then uh, Karen Brady, how the hell do you run business? Fair enough. Uh, let's, uh, let's kick off the end of the list here, or rather, um, let's close the, the, the list here with, um, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Interesting, um, 
time there for them. Sold a lot of uh, sold a lot of players. Um, brought in some players, uh, mostly Portuguese players. <laughs> um, no, um, but yeah, uh, I guess a, a, a bit of an an odd window for Wolverhampton, I think, after uh, many years of uh, exorbitant spending, I think. Um, but maybe that's just my opinion, gentlemen. What do you rate Wolverhampton's uh, Wolves's transfer window? I give them a five, two. Okay, okay. Uh, Matt, why a two? They sold their best player and didn't replace him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they brought in um, they brought in um, Fabio Silva. But he's not proven in Premier League, obviously. Um, I've got a lot of time for Hoiver, as I said before. Um, I think Semedo could be good for him. Um, but they sold Diego Jota to my beloved Liverpool, which I love. And I don't think even the forty-five million pounds we paid for him is enough to soften the blow that they're gonna to struggle to score goals without him. Yeah. I mean yes they've got other players who can score the goals for them. But uh, you know, I'm I wouldn't be a confident man if I was a Wolves fan right now. Mm-hmm. I'd be a little bit concerned I mean, you say there's a, there's a lot of players mm-hmm. as well. A lot of players have also got out on loan. Um, but, <clears throat> I don't know. Mags, you talk. My throat's going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the the Portuguese national sad. Uh, <laughs> they brought in... Uh, <laughs> Four Portuguese teams. Uh, I think uh, the loss of Doherty was a big loss. Uh, I think Semedo kind of fills that boot, but is expensive for what they paid. <coughs> I think uh, Silver is expensive. Uh, I like the signing of Vitinha, but uh, I don't think he's had a, enough games to, to prove his Premiership, Premier League level. Uh, but yeah, the loss of Jota. Eight. Eight. <coughs> Yeah, I think the loss of Jota is going to be very, very costly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I, I mean, uh, again, we, we I'm looking at names that have left Elder Costa to Leeds, uh, you know, Morgan Gibbs-White to Swansea on loan, Matt Doherty to Spurs, uh, Diogo Jota to Liverpool. I mean, look, there's a lot of names that have left Wolves, and I think they're worse off for it, to be quite honest with you. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of floating in between a two and a three here, to be perfectly honest. Um, gentlemen, um, is there anything else that, that needs to be addressed here as we close out the show? Um, I want to just make a very quick statement. I don't believe the top four, as it is right now, will be the top four in the season, but hmm. I think unless there is some serious... Um, changing their form, the bottom three is going to be the bottom three. I think that's a <laughs> a pretty good prediction. Yeah, which is Fulham, Sheffield United, and Burnley. I I I fear for Fulham badly. Uh, Burnley, I think 
have got a better chance than for them to stay up. Um, I would very much like the team at 16th right now to finish 20th, but um, that's probably more wishful thinking on my part because I because people say that you're too big to go down. I think Mags just said earlier, Man United is not a big club anymore. I would laugh my backside to Old Trafford and back quite happily if they went down. And you know what? I think the whole world would. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're and, absolutely right. Because, and this is the point of the last thing I've said on this show, and when you get to a knockout competition, on any given day, someone can beat anybody, as proven when you had Bayern Munich thrash Barcelona and Liverpool came back from before to win games, obviously in the Champions League. Anyone can win on those given days. A league season, the best teams at the top, the worst teams at the bottom. Because that's over the course of a, game, of a year, everyone's paid each other twice. Fair and square. Exactly. But the fact of the matter is, is that people, people had to go at Liverpool because we finished top after a with an asterisk next to our name. I'm like, get over yourselves. We play by the same rules everybody else did. Yep. Yep. No, you're, uh, yeah, that absolutely makes sense to me, man. That absolutely makes sense to me. What do you, Jenna? What's about Max? (laughs) You dream of being Champions League, mate. I, I don't think Burnley could handle the pressure of being uh, Champions League uh, winning team. <laughs> um, well, um, is, is there uh, if there's nothing else that we need to cover, Mags? Do you, can you think of anything? I've, I mean, I'm 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 good. <laughs> no, I think we we've we've uh, we've absolutely kicked the arse out of this transfer window. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a fun time. Uh, Thanks for for Matt for coming on and and uh, and joining us on this. I mean, it's been a great two hour ride. I've really really enjoyed it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I've been honoured to join you both, and I'll be happy to come back anytime, anytime. Well, we would love to have you back. You've been an excellent. Yeah, you've been an excellent first guest, Matt. Um, I, I will make one other editorial note here, as 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 Matt did. Um, the release of Gunnar Soros uh, by Arsenal was shocking to many. Oh. Um, but um, what I will cover here is um, I'd, like I'd like to revise my my choice of number for Arsenal down to minus twenty five. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's now back with the club. Well, yes, um, Mesut Ozil has agreed to pay his wages, um, which is fantastic. I, I think that that's um, uh, that that easily makes Mesut Ozil player of the week for me. Um, it, but but yeah, deadline day was so that's quiet. It. They spent fifteen minutes talking about Gunnar Solskjaer's release with Paul Merson on Sky Sports News, which says it all. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, devastated. Though. He was actually really pissed off. He yep. was he was really upset about it. Yeah, well, it just goes to show. It just goes to show. Well, uh, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Matt, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. We greatly appreciate you burning the midnight oil with us uh, to uh, to talk about transfer deadline. Mags, thank you as always for for being such a lovely co-host. Uh, Matt, where can more people find your content? Right, um, you can find my content. Of- all over Visionary Global Media, 
Um, you can find me directly at the Matt Attack UK. You can find all of my shows through that. Oh, fantastic. Good stuff. Mags, what about you? Where can more people hear more about you? At MGB Graham. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> oh, good. No, you can follow me at DJ Kurt Bear. I do plenty of podcasts, just not as many as Matt here. Uh, come and check me out. Yes, I am the hardest working person in podcasting. Mm. You can't do as many guest spots as me. I have more. No, that's true. I don't, but I'm trying to catch you up. Well, um, everybody, we thank you once again for tuning in to yet another episode of Radio Techers. So thank you to whoever you are, wherever you are for tuning in. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button to Shooting the Sports-ish where you can listen to more uh, or, or catch more uh, sports-ish action. Uh, make sure to hit the the thumbs up button, uh, like the video, leave a comment in the uh, just as Mags is showing us. Give us the thumbs up. Uh, give us a comment in the window there. Hit that subscribe button. We want to engage with you guys. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you think of the transfer window, of course, and who performed the best, who performed the worst. Um, while you're at it, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast, be it on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or regardless of whatever channel it's on. You know, we, we would love your subscription here to keep on listening to Radio Techers. Um, I'm, of course, the Texas gentleman, uh, Tanner Pruitt. And uh, again, uh, as always here with me, uh, both Matt and Mags. Thank you, gentlemen. Let's say goodnight to the lovely people. Bye-bye. Goodnight, lovely people. I'm <laughs> out of here. <laughs> oh, good lord. Oh,